And now, coming at you from the Five Star Physique Studio in Knoxville, Tennessee, this is The Drop Set with your host, Darren Starr. All right, everybody. It is 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, straight up on Friday, October 19th. And I am here recording this. Do you know why I'm here recording this? It is because my calendar told me to. This is uh, this is the theme of the week. Um, so my calendar has on it blocked a section from 11 a.m. to 12.15 that says podcast, record, and publish. And so I did a little bit of prep for it last night. We're all good to go. So um, I figure it'll take probably about 45 minutes to record, so I'm giving myself 30 minutes then to do the artwork, get it all online, and disseminate it there. So you know, I belong to a couple of uh, of like podcast discussion groups on Facebook for people who um, publish and maintain podcasts, and a lot of people say that it takes them hours to edit their content after they do it. I'm like, how how many different ways are you people screwing this up? I mean, I sit here and I don't think I'm any kind of special talent or anything, but I do this thing in one take every time, <laughs> and you know, I may I may pause it and take a break, and then I've got two items to stitch together, which takes about six seconds. Um, if I had to spend more than 15 minutes editing this thing every week, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> so the people that spend hours a week, I'm like, I don't get it. I don't know. So what's up with your calendar, Darren? Well, we're going to get to that. Um, my calendar now completely and totally controls my life, but I wanted to start off, um, with a couple of things. So first of all, um, a, uh, a little, uh, a little personal note slash tribute. So, um, I am an active listener of many things myself. Um, very few of them are actually fitness or bodybuilding related podcasts, but, um, I am an avid, uh, serious XM subscriber and listener. And there is one show on there that I particularly enjoy. And so bear with me here. Um, it is a, a, a talk show that's largely centered around political topics, although it does cover a lot of social things as well. And it's very much kind of like right down the middle. And I like it because it doesn't you know, tell me what to think, but it just you know, talks about things, invites opinions from all sides, and it kind of encourages you to just think on your own. And I really like that. So um, I just wanted to give a shout out here to the host of that program, and his name is Michael Smirkanish. And the reason I'm doing that is because he is such a huge influence on how I do this podcast. Um, his method of delivering news, of uh, introducing topics, of conducting interviews, it's just fantastic. He is a total pro, and uh, I just feel like giving credit where credit is due. So, Mr. Smirkanish, I thank you very much for the work that you put in. He does it five days a week, and granted, you know, it's his job primarily, and uh, he has a national audience, So, uh, but I take a lot of inspiration from him, so I just wanted to uh, give props where they are due, and also a uh, a huge thank you so we'll we'll lead into my calendar segue here to Chris Ward Chris with a K Ward who is the author of a book called Win the Hour Win the Day um and so I read this on my trip last week and I tell you what I've been back since well like 1 a.m. Tuesday morning so I got a few hours sleep going into Tuesday and uh I've implemented the principles in that book since then and it is unbelievable how much everything in my uh, business life has changed as a result of that. So I feel like I'm probably some really annoying advocate or Herbalife distributor right now that just, you know, ha has stuff to talk about and they just can't shut up about it. Um, so I promise you this will be, you know, I'm going to talk about this for about 60 seconds and then we're going to move on. Um, the idea behind this is micromanage your calendar. If you're doing something, it needs to be blocked on your calendar and then revise it. So this means put your workouts on your calendar, put your work blocks on your calendar and don't have anything longer than an hour. So I'm kind of breaking the rules here. This podcast block on my calendar is 75 minutes. Oops. Don't tell Chris. Um, but so my, my calendar for today, let's just uh, check it out here. So I'm starting at 5 AM. That's when I wake up and it says, uh, uh, Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, prep time. Basically, so I, I wake up, you know, like get dressed, uh, take morning supplements, get stuff put together um, for the gym, which means, you know, pre-workout, intra-workout, get the um, uh, post-workout shake, get to put together, clean up the area a little bit. I give myself 30 minutes to do all that because I'm moving slow. And then I have cardio and shower 
block from 5.30 to 6.15. Directly after that today, it was eat um, at 6.15. And then uh, I, I didn't, uh, and so that that's, I, I give myself 30 minutes for that, didn't take that long. And then I, I give myself an unscheduled block just because that's around the time when my wife leaves. We've got to take care of the dogs, get them, you know, set up our little old one. She's, she's really slowing down now. Um, so I, I just want to have an unscheduled block where I'm not doing any work and I can help her, you know, get out the door smoothly and all that stuff. And then, um, I, I don't, look at my phone or my computer until I'm told to on my calendar, which was 7 a.m. this morning. Clear out email, drive to the gym, work out in errands, and then uh, come back, do a little post-gym cleanup, you know, dog messes, anything like that. Then I did a little website work for an hour, um, recording this podcast. I have meal prep to do at 12.15. I'm going to work on some blog content from 1 to 2, some social media planning from 2 to 3, eat at 3.30, and then I've got client work starting at 4 o'clock. So today, Friday, is a slow day for me. So, um, I can, I can fit most of that in, in an hour. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday are my crazy days there. So that's what my day looks like. And you know, everything is blocked off like that. It keeps me on track and it gets stuff done. So typically I'm like, I don't know where I can find time to work on a blog, you know, uh, updating pages on my website is something that's been on my to-do list for three months. And in the past three days, I've gone through half the site and really, really scoured everything. So I'd encourage you to check it out. Um, go to fivestarphysique.com. I've updated the homepage, the page that's about me, and also the coaching page. Um, they have gone undergone serious overhauls and uh, looking at them now, I'm like, man, okay, I'm actually happy with those right now. So anyway, that's all there is about the calendar, uh, micromanaging everything. And the other part of that also is eliminating distractions. So I installed, cause I use Gmail for everything, uh, for, for my, uh, for my email. And so I installed Boomerang for Gmail, which gives you the ability to pause your inbox. Because one of the issues is, you know, you can't, it's all about focus and you can't properly focus on something if you're trying to address every email as it comes into your box. Um, so when you're, when you're working on a block of things that is not related to email, you pause that. I'm, I can't close it because if I'm doing client work, I need to be able to send emails, but I don't need to be distracted by new ones coming in. You know, they can wait 30 or 45 minutes until I'm done with that block and then I'll unpause it, see what's coming in and address it all in one batch. And it's just so much more efficient and you work so much better without the distractions just being more focused like that. So um, I got that book on uh, Amazon for my Kindle. I think it was like six or seven bucks. And if you are, I mean, first of all, a business owner or somebody who just really, really, really struggles with time management, read it because it's more in depth than what I'm describing here, but these are the basic tenets that I picked up from it. So I think you'll get a, a tremendous amount out of it. It's not for everybody, but if you or if you are in that target audience for this book, it, it will help big time, big time. So um, I am back. As I mentioned, I got back. Um, well, technically I, I rolled into the Knoxville airport. Oh, about 11.45 p.m. Um, on Monday. Uh, it was a long day. So I did the podcast on the road. That was last Friday. That was kind of fun, actually. I recorded that out back at my parents' house. Um, I think my mom, yeah, she made a, a brief appearance in there. I was hoping my dad would come out too, but he, he was too shy. So um, so that was fun. It was a fun trip. You know, it was good to see everybody. I got to hang out with my brother, uh, my older brother, and his uh, wife and kids for a little bit on Saturday, and then everybody. So they, along with my oldest brother, his wife, and their, uh, their daughter, um, so I had three nieces. <laughs> um, got to see them on Sunday. We had a little uh, a little cookout barbecue thing at my parents' house. I stuck to my macros, um, just because I, I think I mentioned this before. Like my family is not really a big food family. Like you know, when I think about like mom's cooking, mom's recipe. My mom has never been much of a cook, and she acknowledges that. So. Um, I had a, a really easy, that was my rest day, which is also my cheat meal day. So, um, I had instructions from my coach for that day cause she, she knew where I was and she knew what I was doing. She's like, you know what? Don't go crazy, but just enjoy family time. Don't worry about your macros so much. And I'm like, I tell you what, how about this? I'm going to worry about my macros because I would much rather work in my usual cheat meal than eat any of the stuff that my family's going to have around. So... <laughs> So I did. And uh, so we did a barbecue thing and um, my dad grilled up a, a giant chicken breast specifically for me. It ended up being 13 ounces. It was delicious. First chicken I've had in ages. Um, aside from the, the Chick-fil-A I had at the uh, Dallas airport last Wednesday. So there was that too. But um, the first actual like plain old chicken breast I've had. So um, it was great. Um, hit my macros well and then was able to partake in some Burgerville. Um, and if you are, uh, if you're from Oregon and not too far south in the state, uh, somewhere along the I-5 corridor. 
corridor or Washington. You know what Burgerville is. You know what I'm talking about. And man, I was jonesing for that so hard. It'd been a couple of years since I've had Burgerville. Good stuff. You know, as good as Five Guys, oh boy, I don't know. I don't know. I'd say the burger was every bit as good as Five Guys, if not a little better. The fries were awesome, but man, compared to Five Guys, they really skimp on it. I should have got like two or three orders of fries, realistically. So, um, Anyway, so that was a good time. Um, got to enjoy uh, time with the parents. Um, got to check out a couple of new gyms. Well, new to me, gyms while I was over there. Um, found one that I really liked. Um, some old school equipment. I posted a bunch of videos um, in there. I actually recorded a bunch of stuff. I went in on Sunday morning, actually. It was my day off, but um, I knew, like, hey, I can get into this gym when there's nobody in there and just have free reign to record everything because I knew there was a bunch of stuff in um, existing and upcoming programs um, that I'm putting up that I didn't have videos for. So I wanted to get in there and record some stuff. So I recorded about 20 videos, um, got all those uploaded um, and plugged into playlists earlier this week. So that's done. And then Monday, hit my final workout, came back, had uh, a little bit of time to spend with the parents before heading off to the airport. So let me tell you, that was interesting. So I, I thought, you know, my parents live in Albany. Um, the airport's in Portland. It's about an hour and a half, give or take. My flight was 12.59, we'll call it one. Um, and so I thought, you know, if I can get to the airport probably about, eh, 11.30, that'll be good. I mean, Portland Airport sometimes... You get really screwed with security lines, but usually they're not too bad. And I figured, you know, midday on a Monday, that's really the only variable here. Um, and so I ended up, uh, you know, the plan was, you know, leave it, uh, leave it 10, get there at 1130, roll in, you know, have plenty of time, grab a bite to eat um, and uh, have plenty of time before the plane boards. So um, that was the plan. And then as I was driving up, I get closer and closer to where I-5 branches off to 205, and my estimated time of arrival on my GPS keeps ticking up, keeps ticking up, keeps ticking up. And I never did find um, the the traffic delays that were causing that number to inflate. I never came around them, but it, it was correct. So um, I was like, instead of getting there at 11.30, it inched up to 11.40, and then 11.45, and then 11.48, 11.50, and one time it actually got up to like 12.02. I'm like, I'm still moving. What the hell is going on here? <laughs> it was it was bizarro. Um, like I was stuck in some kind of time vortex or something like that. I totally did not understand it. And then I also forgot, oh, yeah, well, I mean, I, I knew I had to do this. I had to get gas for the rental car and fill it up before I dropped it off. But I totally forgot, oh, yeah, Oregon is that bass backwards state that uh, you can't pump your own gas in. And so I pull into a gas station, and it is jam-packed, loaded up. I mean, first of all, it was a traffic jam on the street to get there. So I exited off the, the interstate and uh, pulled into this place. I'm like, well, this exit looks as good as any. I don't know any of these exits, so I'll just try it. Um, so I exited, and it says gas half a mile this way. I'm like, screw me, Jesus Christ. Okay, cool. So um, I go that way. It says half a mile. There's a few stoplights. I have to sit through one of those stoplights for like four cycles. The traffic's so bad. I get into the gas station, and uh, it's like lines are three cars deep. There's two attendants, I would say, running around, but they were more like walking around. They didn't give a shit. It was like, oh, my God, this is just a model of inefficiency. So Oregon, I grew up there. I love you. But for the love of God, the self-service gas station has got to come to Oregon. That's all there is to it. It's just, ugh, I can't deal with it. So I'm freaking out the whole time. I'm super late. And at this point, you know, I, I get to the airport. I'm running, 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 running. Thankfully, security was, uh, um, was lax. And I get to the gate just before they start to board my group. Um, and I'm never in a hurry to get on the plane. Um, just because the less time I can sit in there, the better. So I actually take a minute to run to a little travel mart and get like a Greek yogurt and a Quest bar. It's like, ugh, I don't like either of those things, but I needed, I needed the macros. Um, and then from, from there, the rest of the day was pretty uneventful. I managed to get some Chipotle in the Atlanta airport, which was nice. So hit the macros well for that day. A little bit of a pain in the ass, a little bit of a stressor, but uh, survived nonetheless. So um, that's the trip recap. And that's all done. Everything since I've gotten back has been good. Um, coach actually dropped my cardio a little bit and gave me a few extra carbs to play with here just because we're on track and things are going well. Um, yesterday was the four-week out mark. So today is 27 days out for me in my photo shoot. So that's exciting. Um, lots of stuff been going on this week. So I mentioned I've been super productive here. 
Um, so I put up a, a new workout plan. This is one that I've hinted at um, an episode or two ago. It's the uh, intro to ascending threes workout plan. So if you go to fivestarphysique.com, click on workout plans, um, you'll see them all listed there. And this is actually, well, it's actually the second one down now because I put up a new one since then as well. I have not publicly announced that yet, but I will announce it here for the first time. Um, so I've got intro to ascending threes and that's built around my ascending threes protocol. And I just went crazy on this one. So there's all kinds of crap buried in this split. I mean, it's, it's intended to throw everything at you. It is not for beginners. Um, but if you've been like, you know, grinding away and going hard for a while and you're looking for something to really up your game a little bit, check this out. And I think you will be uh, pleasantly surprised. Um, another one that I put up, um, just yesterday, and um, this is the one that I have not announced until right now, world premiere. Hello. Um, is the men's physique blueprint. Um, so it's, it's targeting specifically, the aesthetics that they're looking for in men's physique, chest, back, shoulders, we are hitting a leg workout on there, but just one, you know, a lot of my programming, I do like to hit legs twice a week, but we're just hitting them once here. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's not quite as psychotic as the other one, but still every bit as effective as it needs to be. Um, so there's uh, some, some different creative moves in there. A lot of the basics still, and some set and rep schemes that'll throw you for a little bit of a loop, which is the idea completely. Give your body a little bit of something, something extra to think about there. So, uh, once again, five star click on workout plans. You'll find both of those as well as the whole archive of everything else. Um, Let's see. I uh, what else do I have here? I'm looking through my calendar. Like, what else have I done? I've done a lot. So I mentioned um, website editing. Um, so the the homepage, the coaching page, and the page all about me have been updated, um, all fresh and brand new. Some new visuals on there, new write ups. That was exciting. Not really. I, I I feel like that's one of the areas where I really struggle is trying to write about what I do uh, and make it interesting. But pretty happy with how those turned out. Um, I'm also doing some rebranding here. So um, I uh, I went ahead and um, sought out a, a graphic designer to help me come up with a new logo. Um, got that. I, I'm actually, I, I like it, but I want to um, contract with another one just to get some additional ideas and make sure I'm totally happy with this before I implement it. Um, so uh, that will be a big project is disseminating that um, that branding throughout the whole site and all of social media and everything that I do. And that will uh, probably be rolling out to coincide with uh, my, my photo shoot and the uh, results that come from that too. So um, expect some changes visually with how uh, the podcast looks, the visuals for it, and how the website looks and everything else. And if you follow me on social media, it's going to look different there as well soon. Um, so uh, three things to go over here. This has been a very long intro, but I've given you a couple of really short intros lately. So I feel like I've got some license to babble a little bit. Um, the previous poll, this one's been up for a little while. What's the most weekly cardio you've done during prep? More than seven hours per week wins the day at 30%. Um, and then other the, coming in second, actually, um, tied two results. So four hours per week or less gets 25%. Five to six hours per week gets 25%. Um, so it... Or, yeah, that's right. I said that right. So um, it, it kind of a mix all over the board. I mean, you know, there, there's um, a few options, you know, under four hours, four to five, five to six, six to seven or more than seven. Um, you know, six to seven hours a week got five percent of the votes, but everything else came between 15 and 30. So a pretty even split. I was kind of curious to see how that would turn out. So um, the uh, the poll update that I'm putting up this week is very simple. So that last one, lots of options. You probably had to think about where you fit in that whole spectrum. This one's easy. It's a yes or no question. So tell me, do you hold yourself to a single weekly cheat meal in the off season? Be honest. I don't want any of this crap like, oh, yeah, well, I do. Meanwhile, you're posting pictures of your uh, your stuff on Instagram where you're having pizza three nights a week and, you know, ice cream for breakfast and all that nonsense. Oh, it fits my macros. No, it doesn't. Stop lying to yourself. We're going to talk about that, too, about macros here. So go um, to thedropset.com or fivestarphysique.com and click on the menu option that says the drop set. Same page right there. You can vote on the poll. Um, do you hold yourself to a singly, single weekly cheat meal in the offseason? I'll be very curious to hear how that comes out. I have my suspicion, and my suspicion is the answer is going to be overwhelmingly no, um, which is okay. I am uh, I am curious, and I want to know. So we have two main topics that I want to go over here. Um, 
one of them. Um, you'll hear it from me first. So um, this is a blog post that I'm working on, but I wanted to go ahead and talk about it here as well. So this will go up. Uh, I don't know. Ex I, I need some graphics for this. So I wanted to go ahead and talk about it here, though. And this is eight ways you are screwing up your macro plan. So um, clearly, let's, let's back up a little bit. Macro plan means you're following macronutrient-based targets as opposed to a specific meal plan. So for purposes of starting this discussion, that's all we need to know. If you're like, what are macros? Macros are proteins, carbs, and fats. Um, so we're tracking those three numbers. We're not tracking calories because we can assume if we're hitting those three numbers, the calories are coming out where they need to um, because it is a derivative number. It is based on the other three as well as fiber and sometimes the accounting with fiber and how it's tracked on labels. Um, you know, whether they use a net carb or a total carb approach can really fudge up how the calorie number comes out. So we're going to ignore that. So just going to focus on proteins, carbs, and fats. And then um, I would say supplementally, if you have um, foods that are super, super high in fiber, you may need to do a little bit of additional math in your head. Just because if you have something that's like, this food has 17 grams of fiber, okay, well, those carbs probably shouldn't count against your daily total. So you should be allowed to go 17 grams over um, your total. So anyway, um, so we've got uh, what uh, eight of these. I think there's actually more than that, but clearly, you know, I'm I'm a bodybuilding coach, and math and counting is not my forte. So we'll go through it here. Um, screw up number one is not logging the correct entry, which seems obvious, but you know, I've I've worked with people both um, new and very experienced when it comes to macronutrient logging that have made this mistake, and so there's a, a few common things that. Um, a few common ways that this particular screw up can manifest itself. So um, your law, you're, you're mixing up cooked versus raw proteins. Um, basically, you know the the mass between those changes from from raw to cooked. And if you use the incorrect value, like if you are batch prepping your chicken and you know pulling out of a, pulling it out of a container from the fridge and it's been cooked, you're going to reheat it. Well, it's cooked, but if you log it as you know chicken raw, you're screwing up and making a mistake. Your numbers are going to be off. So uh, make sure you use the correct entry there. Cooked versus dry carbs, especially for oats and rice, just because a lot of people measure those, well, whether it's by mass or volumetrically, there's a big change between cooked um, versus raw or uncooked. Um, sometimes there's just bad database entries. So oftentimes these will be things that are associated with restaurants. So if you're trying to log vegetables, you're like, let me search for some zucchini here. Well, I had a cup of this. Wow, it says a cup is 180 calories. Well, yeah, at that restaurant it might be because it might be slathered with bacon grease and have you know cheese on it and stuff like that you never know so um be careful you know and, and I, find, I find that veggies are the biggest thing here um just because if you're if you're trying to log a single food that's oftentimes where you'll you'll find uh uh brand specific entries that have numbers that are way off. So just be careful of that. And then sometimes um, the label on a food can be wrong. Um, so, I, and I used an example in the blog post, um, Kroger carry the grocery store here in the, uh, well, wherever the hell I am, East, Southeast, in the SEC region of the country. Um, they have uh, these Kroger brand individual servings of sweet corn, um, and the the macro labels are just wrong. If you compare them against any other generic corn product, um, and, and I think what it comes down to is they get their serving size and number of servings wrong on the container because it says that there's one serving, but realistically there's two. So the carbs are actually double um, what they would appear to be if you just look at the label. So, and you don't know that unless you really like give it a gut check and you suspect like. Well, this seems like a lot of corn for only like five grams of carbs. Really? Huh? I don't know. And so uh, just check it against other entries if something looks suspicious. If it's like, wow, I feel like I'm getting a lot of food and it's not really counting very much. Do a little bit of double checking and digging on that just to make sure. Screw up number two is not measuring your portions. So yeah, I mean, the, the idea behind uh, a macro-based dieting is it's flexible, but it's not that flexible. You've still got to bust out your food scale. Precision and accuracy still count. Don't conflate that with flexibility. Um, screw up number three is not enough clean stuff. So um, macronutrient dieting has um, it gained a reputation as being the protein shakes and Pop-Tarts diet um, because you can you know basically just have those two things and still largely hit your numbers if you have the carbs to support it. Uh, here's the thing. Quality in equates to quality out. So you don't have to be exclusively like organic whole foods type crap on a plan like this. 
but if you fill yourself with you know more nutrient dense foods, you're gonna feel better. You're gonna perform better. That does not mean exclusively you can't. It doesn't mean you can't work in stuff like this. But you know, I, I think typically if you if you try to keep it about eighty five to ninety percent clean, you're doing pretty good, and that's realistically the way it should be. Um, screw up number four is not utilizing freebies, um, and I think with macronutrient um, based dieting, it's. Uh, usually not a problem because people are looking at numbers and they'd be like, okay, cool. There's no calories in there. So I can use that. I think the, the flexible dieting mindset tends to attract the people who want to use this kind of stuff. But still, you know, uh, if, if you're having like, you know, pop tarts or a protein bar here or some crackers for a carb source here, or, you know, putting some Nutella on a rice cake. All right, cool. That's great. Nice job. Log that stuff. Make sure your numbers work. Um, but then you have a, a meal that's like plain chicken and rice. What the fuck are you doing? Plain chicken and rice? No. Nobody ever, ever, ever should eat plain chicken and rice. That is a recipe to hate your life. Don't do that. Don't Put some stuff on it, for the love of God. Throw some free veggies in there. Throw some mustard in there. Throw some kind of herb or seasoning in there. Some kind of condiment. Some hot sauce. Um at this point, I'm loading my ground turkey meals up with so much stuff, and you know most of it is free. And what it isn't, what isn't free, I still track and log, but it's it's inconsequential. So, like my ground turkey meals at this point, um, I'm using ground turkey that's uh, seasoned with taco seasoning. I just do that when I cook it, um, and then I will add um, a handful of free veggies. I will throw some salsa on there. At this point, I'm also throwing in avocado. Um, I hadn't been, but I, I made some room. I, I started using leaner ground turkey, so now I'm throwing in avocado. Um, I will use yellow mustard, stone ground mustard, smoked paprika, and I mean, the the, the flavor and, and salt, and the flavor on that thing is intense. If your meals are boring, um, that's on you, so fix it. You know, you should look forward to everything that you eat and not just because it's junk food. Like, make your clean stuff interesting and utilize those freebies to make it work. Out of everything that I listed there, um, the only thing that I track, um, well, I mean, the ground turkey, the avocado, is the salsa just because I use a ton of it. If you use a little bit of it, it's still a freebie, but I, I use like, you know, half a cup of it. So, yeah, I mean, it, it eats up a few grams of carbs, not much, but um, it's worth it in my book. So, um, now, screw up number four and a half. <laughs> is the flip side of that. Um, counting something as a freebie when it isn't. Um, so there are a lot of things. I mean, it is a gray area. There's a little bit of a judgment call to be made on some of these foods. So generally speaking, if it's zero calorie, log it. If it's like five calories and you're using a serving of it, you know what? That's fine. We're going to call that a freebie too. If it's five calories and you're using four or five servings of it, log it. Um, you've got to uh, define... Or if you're working with a coach, allow him or her to define for you where that threshold is. Um, so some of these things would be, um, you know, salsa, as I mentioned, um, sugar-free Jello pudding, which I put in my protein shakes, um, and it's it's not caloric, but you use enough of it, it adds up, and it adds some carbs, and you need to track that. Um, I use that just because the the Isopure that I use. It's fine, but you know, eventually it's like Ugh, it's starting to wear on me a little bit. But you throw some of that sugar-free Jello pudding in there, and it's like, holy crap, this is amazing. Um, so it, it turns it from, oh, this is tolerable to this is something I look forward to. Um, ketchup is another one, um, unless you're using sugar-free ketchup, that's a freebie. Um, low-calorie veggies, these are things like onions, peppers. They're not free. They're low-calorie, but they're not free. So make sure that whatever you're adding, you know what the caloric value of it is and um, be prepared to log it if it's more than zero or if it's really low, but you're using several servings of it. Um, screw up number five would be winging it. So you wake up, you've got no plan. You're like, I'm just going to start eating and uh, logging stuff as I go. And hey, I I'm a ninja when it comes to this stuff. So everything will add up throughout the day. Yeah, but again... Flexible dieting doesn't have to be that flexible. Um, you will do much better. You will have much greater consistency, success, results. You'll be stressed out about food less. And more importantly, you'll spend much less time in MyFitnessPal throughout the day, which is a blessing that should not be discounted if you use that app 
to create a plan for yourself and then you just follow that for several days until, okay, now I'm sick of this. I want to change it. That's pretty much what I've been doing um, since I started this cut back in ugh, August, end of July. Um, I'm still using the same basic foods that I was. I've made a couple of changes, like I've swapped out my 93.7 ground turkey for 99.1, and I brought in some avocado. I brought in a little bit of peanut butter as a different fat source. Um, my meal one is largely unchanged. I've adjusted the carb source on meal two per coach's request to go gluten-free. Um, and you know, as, as carbs drop out, I reduce carb servings and other meals. So, but I'm still using the same basic structure just because, you know, I'm, I'm finding ways to keep it interesting and it's working for me. Um, and you know, if, if we need to make significant macro changes as we get closer and closer to the goal, I'm ready for that. But as of right now, like I'm supposed to eat in what, about an hour and 15 minutes or no, about 45 minutes. And, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, everything's still kind of exciting to me. So, um, Put together a plan for yourself and follow that until you want to change it. And maybe you want to change it every three or four days. Maybe you want to change it every three or four months. You know, whatever works for you. But don't wake up for a day without a plan in place. Um, and you don't have to change it every day. It's a lot of time to spend thinking about food. It's a lot of time to spend in that app every day trying to get things just right just so that you can have something different every day. And you spend a lot more time grocery shopping, which realistically, um, and my, my, my uh, uh, client Louie mentioned this yesterday, um, he's like, yeah, if I'm, if I'm less flexible and I follow the things, the same thing more often, I, I take less trips to the grocery store and it's, it's, more cost effective because you go to the grocery store for two things. You walk out of there with six. Well, you do that three, four, five times a week. Suddenly that adds up. Um, if you're following a plan that's more predictable, you go once a week, maybe twice to replenish some perishables and you're good. So anyway, that's a, that's a big one. That's a big one. Um, screw up number six. Um, this is, this is a big one for, um, for flexible dieters because it attracts people who tend to want to do this. And that is overuse of artificial sweeteners. So, that stuff is okay in my book. You can have the debate all day long about whether aspartame is going to give you cancer, etc. I'm not interested in that debate. From an aesthetic perspective, as far as body composition, you can have that stuff and and it, you will still make progress towards your goals. So um, I will leave it to other people to figure out if that is you know healthy for you or not. So that's a decision, you know, you're an adult, you can do that research and make that decision for yourself. My opinion is, um, I think it's, uh, I, I think it's less of an issue than it's made out to be. So, um, so anything can be overdone. Like I tell people that raw spinach is a free vegetable, but suddenly if you get a 55 gallon drum of it, okay, well that's going to have a, a, an impact on your macros. So we should probably log that. Um, artificial sweeteners. Some of that is okay. Uh, too much of it. Like if you are emptying out a bottle of Walden farms every day, um, <laughs> you know, using just a ton of these artificial sweeteners, zero calorie products, that is going to tend to to gum up the works a little bit. It's going to impact your digestion. Um, it's going to cause either some fluid retention or some gas retention in the stomach. It's going to be uncomfortable. So just watch it. I'm not saying avoid that stuff completely, but just moderation. Um, if you find yourself loading meal after meal after meal up with that throughout the day, you need to find a different alternative for some things. That's all there is to it. Um, screw up number seven, too much margin of error. So if you're really loosey-goosey with your numbers, um, it, it it doesn't work because macronutrient adjustments, they may only happen like, you know, may only adjust um, fats by five grams here and there. Well, if your margin of error is wider than that, that change isn't going to have any impact. No, no impact that's discernible that we're going to be able to pick up. If I see that, if I make a change like that, I want to be able to see what kind of an impact it's having. And so th this goes back to waking up with a plan. So if you take the time to put a plan in place and it's a plan that you're going to repeat for several days, um, make sure the numbers are accurate. Like if your fat target is 50 and you create a plan that's at 56 and you repeat that for several days, that is unacceptable. That is off by way too much. That is outside a 10% margin of error. That's huge. Realistically, when I sit down and if, if I'm writing a plan and when I do it, I get my, I do my check-in with my coach on Saturday. She revises my macros. I get those on Saturday. I sit down on Saturday within an hour after getting that email from her and I make whatever adjustments to the plan and I get them within plus or minus one gram on everything. Um, because I'm following the same plan every day. So I know that precision is important. Um, that is absolutely doable and realistic to expect. 
So, uh, because you can just make adjustments like, okay, well, this meal isn't going to be seven grams of protein. Now it's going to be, you know, 6.7 grams of protein or whatever. So, or 6.7 ounces, sorry. So, um, and same thing like carbs. Okay, well, this was 110 grams, but now it's going to be, you know, 100 grams. So, um, part of it is finding the, the database entries in MyFitnessPal that let you make those minute adjustments. Like I use for cream of rice, the database entry that I have as one of its units of measurement um, says one gram. Okay, great. So how many grams of that do I want? 45, 55, et cetera. And I could just make that adjustment um, without having to do a lot of math in my head and I can see how the numbers turn out. So I change it. 55. Okay. Scroll up, hit the pie chart, look at my uh, totals. Ooh, I overshot it a little bit. Okay, let's go back, change it to 50. There we go. Perfect. So um, hold yourself to a high standard on accuracy uh, and expect that you should be able to get things within plus or minus a gram on everything. Um, screw up number eight. The final one that I have here is, uh, letting yourself get away with crap. The basic thing here is if you're eating stuff that you are not logging, you have broken the system completely and this no longer works. And if you find yourself doing that regularly, flexible dieting is not for you. End of story. That's the end of the discussion. So, um, you need to be honest with yourself. You need to be fully transparent and you need to hold yourself accountable, which means, if you're having stuff and, and you, it's going to break your macros, we'll just log that shit anyway so that we can see it. And then you don't, you know, send your check into your coach. You're like, I'm not, I don't know why I'm losing weight. And your macros all look fine. Your coach is like, well, I don't know either. And meanwhile, in your head, you're like, oh, well, there was all that stuff I didn't log. That doesn't help anybody. So it's, you know, if you have, a, if you're afraid of your coach yelling at you because of something like that, well, it, one, maybe you need to be yelled at, but also that's not the tactic that I take. Uh, my tactic is, you know, if, if somebody's like, oh, I had all this, you know, extra stuff, I logged it. I'm like, okay, well, that's cool. Thank you for logging it. Now let's address the issue. Like, why is that happening? Is it because they're trigger foods that you keep in your house? Um, is it because you're starving during a specific time of day? So maybe we should look at how you're putting your meals together and maybe, you know, bulk up the meal that comes before that time to put a little bit more volume in there. So then you can get through that hard stretch. Um, but you've got to log everything. It's just completely non-negotiable. Um, there, I, I believe in shades of gray for everything. That one is totally black and white. If you can't do a flexible dieting plan um, and log everything that you eat, it is not for you. That's all there is to it. So there you go. Those are my eight, which was really like nine um, ways that you are screwing up your macro plan. How many of those have you been screwing up? Um, talk to me email me, tag me in a social media post, post on Instagram in your story, tag me in it. Um, confess, what are you doing? Uh, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's hear some confessions out there. Um, the other thing that I wanted to talk about here, um, a quick little tangent. So this was based on an article that I found on um, muscleandfitness.com. And the first thing I would like to say is, wow, what a shit show Muscle and Fitness has become. Um, it was always, you know, among bodybuilding magazines, it was always the one that tried the hardest to be mainstream. Um, but man, if you look at their website, this is just an absolute cluster fudge of crap and garbage. Um, it's just... It's awful. It is really, really bad. So clearly, um, they are not sponsoring this podcast <laughs> and probably never will. Uh, so yeah, I've, I don't know what the hell's going on here, but I found this article and I took a screenshot of something relevant from it also just to remind me like, Hey, look that up. And so I go onto their website now and I'm looking for this article and I can't find it anywhere. It's like, good Lord, really? Um, like I search for it, there's nothing, um, you know, I, I, it's supplement related. So I click on, you know, under nutrition, they have an area for supplements and I scroll through here and there's just nothing, 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 nothing. So, uh, I, I would love to be able to quote more from this article, but I can't. So, um, let me just give it one more quick look here. Yeah. 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 A lot of these are sponsored as well. Um, Supplement of the week, off-the-chain aminos. Uh, are multivitamins worth your money? I mean, I guess some of this stuff might be, it's just, uh, it, it's just such like, they, they, they've really become like lowest common denominator um, content purveyors, which is unfortunate. So we'll just close that and pretend that's not even there. So um, this was an article from Muscle & Fitness. Um, what are SARMs and are they safe? And uh, there was a doctor who was quoted on this, um, and he was asked that question, and his response was, and I quote, 
Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, the reason being because um, they are completely and totally unregulated by the FDA, um, which means you can buy a quote-unquote SARM product um, and you have no idea what you're getting. None at all. Let's back up a step. What are SARMs? We've talked about them here before, but I, don't, I, I won't pretend that you know, everybody listening here has heard that discussion. So SARM is a selective androgen receptor modulator. So this is a supplement that you take. Sometimes they are in capsule or tablet form. More often, they are an oral solution that you take. So you use like a little medicine dropper and just drop it straight into your mouth, and there you go. So um, they are uh, the best way to describe them or their effects is they have steroid-like effects, but much less significant and um, with you know, ad advertised as having no side effects or, you know, minimal side effects, you could say. So one of the benefits here is they are, they're touted as being safe for women. So, um, I've had clients who have used them and, um, have had reasonable, um, results from them. It's also one of those things where you're like, well, you know, this could just be the work that you're putting in as well. Like I've never been blown away by somebody using SARMs, um, and the, the results that they achieve from it. So it, it's definitely more of a subtle effect. Um, you know, traditional AAS, uh, anabolic androgenic steroids, um, are going to give you a lot more, uh, bang for your buck. They're going to be a little bit more, um, obvious typically. And, uh, the side effects are, are, well, they're, they're much more known. They're much more common. Um, and that that's one of the things that enters into the discussion if somebody's looking for some kind some kind of performance enhancement, some kind of chemical enhancement, um, and they're leery about one or the other. And that's a discussion that I have with clients often as far as, you know, okay, well, let, let's evaluate this and look at all the options here. So that's kind of what I want to do, um, have, have a SARMs versus AAS discussion here. So um, the, uh, the thing that was quoted in here, so there was a study by... Um, Dr. Shalander Bossen, um, Men's Health Research Program Director um, at a universe at a hospital in Boston. Um, so the one the one of the quotes um, from that study said, "In this limited investigation involving chemical analyses of 44 products marketed as SARMs and sold via the internet, most products contained." unapproved drugs and substances. Only 52% contained selective androgen receptor modulators and many were inaccurately labeled. Wow. Wow. Okay, so 44 products tested. Most contained unapproved drugs and substances. Only about half actually contained a, a SARM and many of those were not labeled correctly. So this is what happens when things aren't regulated. So, um, yeah, I mean, do we want the FDA to step in and start managing this process? I don't know, but right now it's an absolute crapshoot. Um, and so, uh, I, I, it, this is one of the things that comes up for me also is, you know, there hasn't been a lot of human testing done on this stuff. And all of the testing that has been done is largely anecdotal. So um, there's not a whole lot of really, really good, high quality research that's been done on these. So that is one of the strikes against SARMs versus AAS is that every anabolic steroid has been tested out the ass because you know, they were not designed for use by bodybuilders. They were designed for use by, you know, other people with medical conditions, you know, people that are experiencing muscle wasting and things like that. So the side effects are known. Um, the, the, the positive effects and the side effects are known. Um, and then through extensive use over decades in bodybuilding, um, we have learned more and more and more about the practical applications of these, when they're appropriate, when they're inappropriate, what dosing is appropriate, what dosing is completely inappropriate and dangerous. Um, and, and the problem, you know, with, with anything here is, you know, a lot of the horror stories that you hear about um, steroid use are because, again, it's unregulated, so people are self-medicating, and they're following shit I read online and um, just doing things that are absolutely reckless, um, like running Trend and Deca at the same time, running something without a base level of testosterone, overdoing it on orals and running them for a long time and, and you know, completely trashing your liver. So... Um, with unregulated things, with black market substances or with things that are just unregulated by, like SARMs, um, the, the ability to do stupid shit with it 
is just astronomical. It doesn't mean you're at risk for things that have happened to other people who have done stupid stuff if you're more cautious with it. So that that's one cautionary tale that I like to give people is, you know, yes, it's good to be cautious, but there's a lot of horror stories out there that are a joke, basically, and that any anybody um, with half a brain knows how to avoid. So the... The problem with SARMs, I guess, is just the complete lack of regulation. And in that study, those numbers were alarming. Um, and and I, I tell people, like, if you can find a, a quality and reputable source for SARMs, great. But, you know, look on Reddit. Um, look, look on other, um, other online forums where they discuss um, uh, SARMs. And you will find people who will say things like, hey, this worked great for me. And then somebody else says, well, I got it from the same vendor. And, uh, you know, I experienced, you know, all kinds of side effects. And somebody was like, oh, well, clearly that had that was that was halo testing and not, you know, not Osterine or whatever. So, um, you know, apparently it even varies from um, uh, batch to batch from the same supplier. So, uh, it's a real crapshoot, and I have a hard, hard time recommending it to people. Um, you know, what, once again, w- with some SARMs, we kind of understand, like, um, oh, which one is it? I believe it's Osterine that has um, vision-related side effects that some people experience, where everything kind of gets tinted a certain color. That freaks me out a lot more than the potential for a little bit of gyno in guys. <laughs> it's like, wait, you're going to start messing with my eyeballs? Okay, uh, that's a little scary. Um, so I, everybody's got their, their own threshold on that and what they're comfortable with and what they're not comfortable with. Um, one other thing about, um, AAS versus SARMs. So SARMs, you can just buy online really easy. You can buy it with a credit card on a website, all easy peasy. Um, if you're getting legit AAS, um, you are probably not buying it through a website. I understand there are sources out there, um, where you can get them, but, um, by and large, um, those sources are not to be trusted. Um, most of your um, acquisition methods for AAS are going to be through underground sources. Um, and, you know, like, oh, I heard about, you know, this person, contact them via email, that kind of thing. And that's how a lot of that business is conducted. So um, those people, we'll call them business owners, suppliers, I guess, drug dealers, whatever you want to call them, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> they get by on reputation and word of mouth. And if once again, if you look on Reddit or a lot of forums that are frequented by AAS users, um, you know, very, very active discussion. Hey, I ordered, you know, such and such from this guy. Here's the blood work that I had done before and after cycle. And so, um, you know, that, that attests to the legitimacy of, of this stuff because you're affecting your hormone levels by, you know, injecting hormones directly into your body. So um, you will know. Uh, I mean, it's going to show in blood work. Absolutely. So um, th- there's a level of quality control, although it's kind of back channeled and it's after the fact and you're still relying um, on on word of mouth and, um, you know, hearsay from other sources. But there's at least some way that you can get accountability on that. And again, those suppliers get by on their, uh, on their word of mouth, uh, their, the volume that they will put out, like one individual supplier is probably not that great. You know, they have a handful of, of people that they work with, but it's also just because the distribution is harder. You know, you, you need to be careful. You need to fly under the radar as far as, um, how you advertise and get the word out. You need to make sure that who you're communicating with can be trusted. Um, um, as, as one of these suppliers. So it can be very tricky. So you need to make sure that you're, you're putting out a quality product. And that does not mean that everyone does. I, I want to be very clear on that. And we're not being naive here and saying, oh, okay, well, you know, clearly everybody in this business is just an angel, right? No, I mean, come on, there's shady people and everything. Um, but I find that generally, I, I, I would have an easier time trusting a black market AAS supplier who has client feedback that have posted blood work and results showing what has happened um, to them before and after cycle than I would just some random SARM selling website um, with anecdotal evidence um, from people that is across the spectrum. So some people saying, this is great. Some people saying, I didn't feel anything. This felt worthless. So I don't know. Uh, That's my opinion. Your call completely on that one. But I just wanted to interject a little bit of my thoughts. So Oh, we're at 49 minutes in. I think we're about done here. So, um, 
Yeah, it's good to be back. It's good to be back in the office recording one of these from home with my microphone here. Got my intro and outro music all set up. Um, not a lot of background noise here, so it's good to be back. So um, once again, go vote in the poll. Um, do you hold yourself to a single weekly cheat meal in the off season? Yes or no? The dropset.com, fivestarphysique.com. Click on the drop set. Check out the updated pages, the homepage, the coaching page, the about Darren page. Check out the workout plans that I have up there as well. The new ones, um, number 29, intro to ascending threes and Number eight, Men's Physique Blueprint. Those are new ones. And then there's uh, the whole archive is there as well. So if you have questions on those, I'm going to be updating that page soon. That'll be next week, I think. Um, so putting up some more details, some samples. I want to throw up a plan there um, that's a sample plan that you can download. So you can actually scroll through it and interact with it and see how they're built. Because um, they all are, are structured and formatted the same way. So um, I just want to give people a glimpse of like, okay, this is how it actually works. This is what you're getting when you get one of those plans. So um, that's all I got. So once again, I appreciate y'all listening in here. Thank you for that and putting up with my super long and windy introduction. Um, so we will be back. What? Oh, the next one of these is scheduled for Monday because it's on my calendar already. So what are we talking about? I don't know. I've got the whole weekend to figure that out. I'm heading off to Virginia tomorrow morning. My wife is having her 20th college reunion at Emory and Henry University. So we're leaving bright and early. So I'm actually waking up at 4 a.m. tomorrow to hit my cardio, take progress pics and video for coach, send that off, eat, go to the gym, hit a back workout, be back here and ready to go by 8.30 is when we hit the road. I'll have meals packed for everything, um, saving some carbs and fats for dinner. We're going to eat out and then eat out for breakfast the following day. So I'll be using a lot of my carbs and fats there as well, but I'll have meals packed for everything else. So it'll be a a completely on plan weekend still, um, but good to get out of the house. It's kind of cold up there. We were going to do, there's this thing called the uh, the Virginia Creeper Trail, which is a, a kind of a low key bike trail that's mostly downhill. You can get on a bike, and even if you like totally suck at riding a bike, it's like 17 miles long, mostly downhill, and you can stop and check things out. We were looking to do that, but it's going to be like 40 degrees outside, and it also they say it takes like two and a half hours. I don't know if we have that kind of time, so I'll keep you posted on that. So anyway, thank you all for listening. I appreciate it. We'll check back in Monday. Hope everybody has a great, great weekend.